Hey there, welcome to another episode of Johanna's RV. I'm your host, Johanna Grisset. Thanks for watching or listening. Um, my last episode was with was about, excuse me, Circle Jerk the Play. Um, it went really well. That was one without a guest. I hadn't done one of those in a while. So a big congratulations as it finished um, playing here in New York City. Big congratulations to Michael Breslin, Patrick Foley, Pat Rodriguez, um, Ariel, uh, everybody involved, Jeremy Harris. Congratulations to them because the play went really, really well, and it was a blast to get to see it live. And I also spoke before that with Ella Smith of This Is BS, the series. Today, my episode is going to be with Michael Matteo Rossi, who um, just did a film called Shadows. It's out on Amazon. He's working on a new feature. The man is busy as heck. So I'm so appreciative that he took time to talk to me. And I think you're really going to enjoy that interview. Thanks again for tuning in. My review of Michael's film Shadows. I should also note that um, when I was talking about his biography, that was all from Michael himself. Um, so I'm talking about the film Shadows, as I said, which is now available to watch online. This gritty film is set in the less Hollywood area of LA, and it centers around a young man who reconnects with his mother, sadly mainly because he decides to deal drugs and ends up pissing off the wrong people. Cody is that man, played by Rahart Adams, and his mother, Jewel, is played by Krista Allen. Allen was my favorite character and plays Jewel as full of life, even with the horrors she often faced as a prostitute. We see her fighting off a John fairly early in the film, and it's clear she can very much handle herself. Shonda is her female pimp, and their bond isn't one we often see in films with male pimps beating their women when they don't follow orders to a T. I should just pause here a moment to note that there will be some spoilers here. Um, the film opens up with a sped up version of the city of LA with normal people going about their day. And after this view, we come to several prostitutes lined up waiting as cars drive by. This is our introduction to Cody, and Rahart is strikingly handsome. His look a clear contrast to the women he approaches, excuse me. One would think he's clean cut compared to them, but we soon find he's not so different. He gets the, um, the number one of the prostitutes. He gets the phone number, excuse me, of one of the prostitutes, Michelle, who he's drawn to and they share a cigarette. We find out here that Cody is the son of Jewel and Jewel works with these girls, including Michelle. And we also find out early in the film that Cody is heavily into drugs and that there's a rift between him and his mom. As I mentioned, they reconnect. Mark and Sam, Cody's friends, all get high in Cody's car. Cody presents them with something new. This time though, it isn't just weed, which they generally do, um, it's meth. Cody doesn't seem at all hesitant to try it and it's revealed he's dealing. Now, of course, if you've watched shows like Breaking Bad, working with meth is usually a bad idea. Um, Soon the film brings us into a much larger drug dealer's world and they're missing a cut. They're dealing meth, uh, these, um, the drug dealers, and it's the same kind, the other drug dealers, and it's the same kind Cody is selling. It's pretty clear that Cody has screwed things up with this kingpin, the main, main drug dealer, and it immediately puts him and his friends in danger. There's also a connection to the gang of drug dealers via his mother and Dean. Dean is part of this, this gang of kingpins of drug dealers. Jewel has a dark past that led her to her current profession, and Dean was a part of it. The question is, will he help or hurt Jewel and Cody? The film also has a colorful mix of characters, such as Axel, another one of the Kingpin's minions. 
he's violent, but also very emotional and more loyal to the cause than he should be, one could say. The twins, Amber and Rudy, are two women who are just as much, if not more so, violent than the men in the film. Cliff, the horrible John we all want to get his just desserts, is another character. And Nikki is the head kingpin who represents the side one could choose over family. I could also mention that based on some of the attitudes of some of the characters, um, including like um, Axel, who's very emotional, it could also be seen as a commentary on how women are seen as being the emotional ones. But when you watch this, it's often the men who are a little more prone to getting really over emotional and upset. Whereas the women are a lot more generally put together, it seems like, and that was kind of cool. Um, I also, let's see, I enjoyed the mix of languages in the film as it's set in LA. So having some of the dialogue in Spanish made it more realistic. The relationship with Cody and his mom is the backbone of the film I found, as well as the importance of family. It asks what matters more, the gang ties or actual family. And also it deals with the lasting effects of trauma. The prostitutes, including Jewel, are treated as full-fledged characters and not some damsels in distress or pawns as other films have done. Jewel wants to do right by her son. She's doing all she can. She's also a former addict and her dedication to improving and being there for Cody are what drew me in the most. I will note though, um, as impressive as the fight scenes are in this film, they're also very, very violent. So I would just let you know that. I would use caution if graphic violence and gun use in films is upsetting to you. I really enjoyed all the actors' performances, however, and the very raw feel of the film is similar to past films Michael has done. And as we'll discuss in my interview with Michael, where we discussed gun safety was very, very paramount. So that's also something you can rest easy knowing. You know, I like to talk a little bit about each guest before I do my interview with them. So let me tell you a little bit about Michael Matteo Rossi. We're mainly going to be focusing on his film Shadows. That's the main um, review here and discussion, but his other work as well. So let me tell you a little bit about him. He's extensively been involved in writing, producing, and directing, and involved in film projects for over a decade now. Like as uh, Lynn manuel would say, the man is nonstop. He attended Campbell Hive Hall, excuse me, for high school in Studio City and graduated in 05. At 19, Michael went on to make a series of short films while at San Diego State and received recognition for selections at the LA Shorts Fest. After completing San Diego State with a degree in film in 2009, he finished top of his class and now lives back in LA. In 2011, he directed, produced, and wrote The Last Wish, which screened at a lot of festivals and picked up several awards, including the Sierra Nevada, excuse me, award at the 2012 Mountain Film Awards. In 2013, Michael directed, produced, and wrote the feature, Misogynist, which starred, apologies if I say any of these wrong, Jonathan Bennett, Eve Morrow, and Tracy Bregman. And he was awarded Best Narrative Feature at the LA Underground Film Festival. So cool. He has since made several other feature films, including the action thriller Chase, which came out in 2019 through Vertical Entertainment. And that also got lots of awards, including Best Action Film at um, the Hollywood Real Independent Film Fest. His most recent film, Shadows, out now, stars David Labrava, Krista Allen, and Francis Capra. And it already won him. Crazy, best director at the Universe Multicultural Film Fest. He completed an action film called The Handler, starring um, Tyro Magnus and Chris Levine in the summer of 2020. And it was released through Uncorked Entertainment in 2021. 
and also completed the feature of the sweepers in November of 21 and currently in post. And I believe he's working on some other things as well. Wow. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Michael Matea Rossi. Welcome to Johanna's Artbeat. How are you? I am doing great. Very nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for making time. Busy out in LA. I'm over here in New York, of course. Looks yeah. like a lovely day outside today. Very nice day. Very nice sunny day. I need a little bit of the shade, but uh Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's great to be here. Yes. Um so Michael Matteo Rossi is my guest today and uh we cuz I like to talk about to all my guests about how we connected. I think it was just via Twitter. So there is some, social media can be horrible, but it also can be great because it can connect you to some cool people. So that's always a positive. It it's all about perspective and how you use it. That's exactly. And I know you're always really positive on 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 Twitter there, so that's always good. I try to I try to be. Some days are a little bit more difficult with you know you always have some off days, but yes, I try to be. Absolutely, that's awesome. And let me see. So let, let's get to our questions. Um. So I just want to, I know it sounds like a silly, like obvious question, but uh, you grew up in LA and I've never been to LA. I just know New York. Like, is there, I've always been curious about the difference, like in the vibe. I'm assuming you've been to New York City, so uh, uh, radically different, I guess, probably. Yeah. So my mom's actually from Brooklyn. Um, oh, nice. That's where I am. Awesome. I'm from Brooklyn, from uh, Flatbush area. Oh. And, um, and yes, I still, my, my aunt and uncle on my mom's side live in Manhattan upper west side like around 93rd street nice area um so yeah look it is very different you know obviously one of the biggest distinctions is the weather um, yeah 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 <laughs> although the last time i was in new york it was it was in june and it was actually pretty hot to be honest with yeah. you um but i have been during the winter as well and um no i mean it's it's i think First of all, you can make it, I think, in film in either city. It just really depends. But I like L.A. for the weather and, you know, the beaches and all of oh, yeah. that. Yes. And, and you know, I just have a lot of, obviously, like, friends and family here. So it's kind That's of nice, you know. Yeah. I've always so just it, been a little intimidated by L.A. One of these days I'll go visit it, but I've always been a little, like, intimidated by it. People, people honk in New York a lot more. That, really, that makes sense. They do here. They do. One of the things that I remember about last time visiting New York, people honk all the time. Like LA, not as much. Still a little, but not. No. Yeah, I've well, literally, like, I'll be doing a self tape and someone's honking so loud for like a long, and I'll literally put my head out the window and be like, shut up. Yeah. Not, it's not yep. helping you. You're still staying in that one spot. Why are you doing that? Exactly. Exactly. Stop! It's really. So, it is crazy, but uh, no, both both are great places, though, you know. And so, uh, was um, I'm not sure. Is anybody in your family also in the industry, or you're the first one in your family? No, I'm the first one. My brother dabbled in screenwriting a little bit. My younger brother, but no, I'm, there's no nepotism, no anything like that. It's it's just me, and I just always knew I wanted to tell films from a very early age, and awesome. um. And yeah, so nope, nobody else in the, I mean, my parents and family and aunt, uncle, all of that, they're proud of me, which is nice. Well, sure. uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, nobody else, nobody else in the, uh, in the business. So you just said it got you interested, it was just pretty much you just knew you wanted to do films since you were young, you said? 
Well, my dad showed me a lot of classic films growing up, like some of the Hitchcock films and Twilight Zones. Yeah, like the old school Twilight Zones and everything. And it did definitely influence me a bit. And even just watching movies in theaters as a kid and growing up watching Indiana Jones and Terminator and all of that stuff. Like, I was like, wow, I want to make films like this. So um, all of that kind of, I just love telling stories. That's where it kind of started from. That's awesome. You know? And yeah, uh, let's see, you, um, you also went to San Diego State. I know that's, um, that's always the debate because it's like, as an actor, at least, it's like, do you go to a school? Do you not? Because it's like, you don't have to, but it helps. Do you think that it was a good experience for you? What was that experience like going to San Diego State? A good question. Um, I really liked going there. I like living in San Diego. It's really nice. It's a beautiful city. It's only it's only about two hours south of LA, so it's not that far. But um, but no, I, it's an interesting thing. I feel it's just like learning a, a different language. I feel like you know you go to another country and then you learn the language really well, right? I learned probably more just being on set and doing my own short yeah, yeah. there than anything that a class taught me. But I enjoyed the social aspect of going mm-hmm. to college, of course. And, you know, I still met some cool people there, too. But I absolutely feel like you can make it without going to mm-hmm. college, as controversial as that may seem. Like, yeah, you want to get a good education, but, like, study films, study, study all of that, you know, so... Not needed, but I liked doing it. I liked the experience. That's good. I mean, especially if you said you met some good people, I think probably the connections are probably the biggest. If you get a good yeah, that was a good one too. Absolutely, connections. And it looks yeah. like one of the first things you did after school was you submitted to the LA Short Fest, right? What was that like, and what's the process? Yeah. So the the first short film I did was just this four minute short. We shot in six hours when I was nineteen. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know it got into it got into this festival in Burbank, and um and just seeing the audience react to it, everything I was hooked. I which told film myself, was this? I'm sorry, which of your films? It's called Our Lost Translation. It was. Just oh this, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I was looking. Yeah, right. And and it was um and I just was hooked, and from then I just I made a couple more films in college, and then the minute that I graduated, I I set my eyes on doing more features. And um, obviously, that's a whole other animal than shorts. Sure. But yeah, it was it was fun. I I've always known that I've wanted to do it ever since. That's awesome. So what um? Because I think it said it was like uh, the concept of it was an entitled white girl whose racism makes bad things happen to her. I'm just curious, like what like 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 uh got you to do that, and why a woman is supposed to a dude? I'm just curious where the plot comes. Oh man, yeah, it's... it sounds good. Thank you. I just wanted to show, like, and God, this was years ago. Like, this was late 06, early 07. This was, I was a baby. <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, I just wanted to tell, like, a kind of culturally appropriate thing about, like, people not judging somebody on face value and all of that, and assuming certain things and, and all of that. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to, to tell a story like that. And it was fun to do. And it's, crazy to think that that was over 15 years ago wow that's that's weird um do you, sorry, time. take a supporter um do you use a lot like do you use a lot of your own experiences to create these stories or is it usually just like totally random 
No, no, no. That's, a, that's again another good question. I think that I I take from experiences maybe that I've seen or people that I've met across uh you know life and everything and maybe obviously height may dramatize it a little bit everything. Right. Also, you know, I'm a product of the films that I love and the films that right. I watch. You know, the, the Scorsese, Kubrick, you know, right. Michael Mann, Christopher Nolan, Fincher, all Hitchcock. Uh, all of those play into to Tarantino, I guess, a little bit. Mm. All of them play into the stories that I like to tell, too, because it's what influenced me. That's good. Um, huh? Yeah, and I know as an actor, um, which you've also, I think, done a little bit as well, um, it's kind of hard to get people to pay attention to you when you're starting out. So when you yeah. did your first few films, what was the, I think you did some casting of your films, too. Like, well, what was the process of getting people on board and, like getting a whole team and producing it because I think you self-produced as well. Like what was it like when you first Right. It's, I mean, you just need to surround yourself by other really hungry people that just really, really want it as much as you do. And, um, and I think that's the most important thing. I think just surrounding yourself with other like-minded people that believe in your script, believe in the characters that you've, you've written and um, kind of went from there. And again, you know, social media is that necessary evil. Like, yeah, sure. I, you know, it can be a pain in the ass sometimes, but I've met some wonderful people off of that. I've met a few investors off of. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. So, you know, I, you, you have to utilize everything that you can. Um, and then you stick with the people that you love to work with and then the ones that you don't. That's fine, you know, but yeah, it's all about networking. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I know you said um, short films, narrative films, or full-length films, rather, a different thing. So the first uh, yeah. full-length movie you do is Fallen Prodigy. So how is, what was the difference going from, like, a short to a full-length? Like, what was the... So, so Fallen Prodigy actually was a short as well. My oh, first... my apologies. That's okay. That's okay. Um, but the, the first solo-directed feature film that I did, and I know it has a provocative title, was actually called... Am I there? Hello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, was called Massage. Yeah, that was another one that stood out to me. Okay, yeah, yeah. That one, that one was more of a cautionary tale type film mm -hmm. that showed like this crazy messed up sociopath that takes this protege under his wing in the art of controlling women. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was definitely, you know, very edgy and, and what I was trying to, I guess portraying that was that these type of people do unfortunately exist and just mm -hmm. a, a character study of why these people are who they are and everything. So it was, it was definitely dark. Um, and we shot that in seven days. Wow. It's a pizza. So, but it was, it was, it was a good experience. As weird as, as dark as the content was, I got along pretty much with everybody. Um, you know, the main actor was awesome in it, kind of sickly awesome, dark and all of that. But he won Best Actor at an L.A. Underground Film Festival, which was yeah, nice. Yeah, won the Best Feature Award as well. And it won Best Feature Award, too, which was nice. Um, it's just crazy to think that that was the first feature that I did, you know? Wow, that is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And let's see. So... I am eventually, it's probably going to take a while, but I want to do my own short film. What's, what's the like best way for people to like get started and like the process of writing, getting a film ready? Cause I know it's a lot, even the way. Yeah, it's, it, 
it definitely is <laughs> a lot. And look, you're ahead of the game in terms of knowing that, that you have a goal, you have an objective, you want to do it. I think that finding a story that means a lot to you and writing a story that means a lot to you, but also, because again, most of us in the indie film world, you know, we have to think about budget. Exactly, so, yeah, big thing. <laughs> No people jumping out of helicopters just yet. And, and no, 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 I can't afford that. Um, but yeah, and just, I mean, reaching out if, if you need a cinematographer or actors, or there's a bunch of breakdowns, and just having a really good assistant director or maybe a co producer that, that help build it up for you, um, keeping organized. It's, it's just, it's bringing those people all together. So, that's the thing um but it starts with the script right write a script even that's good um thank you so another one of your films before we get to the main one we're focusing on on talk about complete chase um it was also another one you directed you wrote and i think cast as well yeah and your lead chase is damian puckler i'm not sure if i'm saying that right um yeah good okay he had to choose between being you know this hitman and a partner and a father his partner being right. Jessica Morris. Um, and I found that in the films that I've watched of yours, women and family seem to be a big catalyst for positive change. So if you want to tell me a, a little bit more about that film, um, and also the fact that you had Aerie Spears in it, which was very impressive as well. Yeah. You're still fairly new-ish. I don't know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no. He took a good chance on me. I think that he really liked the script. And he's actually, he's a very talented guy. I think that a lot of these stand-up comedians, they can do amazing in dramas i oh, yeah, mean yeah. i don't they take from dark places in their own life and they put it in there but he's he's a cool guy he's a soft-spoken guy like on set like just kind of kept to himself but he was i never really had any uh problems at all like he was he was a good guy and he always treated me with, with respect um you know with great and yeah in terms of like you know this pattern of like family and like the motherly influence and all of that. I think that that stems from personal stuff. That also stems from just, you know, no family is perfect. That's true. And, yeah. You know, at all. And, you know, sometimes we see every holiday and Christmas season, you see the perfect family portrait and all of that. And everybody's happy. But at the end of the day, we all know that no, no family is perfect. That's There's true. a lot of dysfunctional families. There's a lot of who don't speak to their mom dad and all of that so i want to show that you know there's those situations where these characters have a lot of um they, yeah i mean they need to make these tough choices no it works though um yeah. and the film also has a younger actor um meeker micah i forget how it was pronounced yeah yeah, yeah. um played by eli michael kaplan he's the son in the film how is it yeah. i've always been curious with like the younger actors when there's an intense scene how do you like work with them to make sure they're comfortable and i assume their parent is comfortable with whatever's yeah, happening yeah. how does that work there the mom was there every day and we had to actually get a studio teacher as well oh, oh um, yeah yeah because they're supposed to be in school yeah, yeah, yeah right so um no so he he was supposed to play five but i believe he was about nine mm-hmm. in real oh. so he got to be a little bit more mature he was able to kind of be more receptive to he he understood kind of what was going on but i tried to explain it you know in a very like easy barebone way but um yeah i mean kids and animals right they say avoid those yeah right all that 
is it more difficult working with child actors? Yeah, it is. I'm not even going to lie about that. Um, but it was, he, he was a sweet kid. You know, he's very like energetic. He's very curious about everything okay. going on. And the mom was very nice. Um, and everything. But yeah, I don't, I don't work with too many kids in film though. It's interesting, but that's okay. It was, it was, it wasn't a bad experience. No, and he's not in it a ton, so he wouldn't have to deal with a lot of the scarier elements. Correct. Correct. Which is good. Um, Yeah. And so now let's discuss the latest film we have out now, uh, Shadows. Uh, Stars uh, Krista Allen as Jewel. And Mm -hmm. maybe I'm going to butcher this name, but Rahart Adams? Rahart, correct. Rahart as Cody. Eric uh Atarvi. Atabari. Atabari, I'm sorry, as Dean. Rachel Alec as Michelle and David... LaBrava is Nikki. So this is another one that you wrote, directed, and cast it because you do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do you find it easier? I'm just curious, not working with your casting director because I know directors have the final say anyway. But do you like better doing it yourself, or is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I've, I, I I care so much about my characters, and I just I'm very hands-on and type A personality when it comes to this. So I've just I've been my own kind of casting director for a while, and. I like, I like, obviously I'll get certain other people's opinions from self tapes and stuff like that. But, um, I like how I operate this way. And I will say, and I've said this before, I think, um, I think Shadows is the best film that I've done so far. I think it's my best active film. Uh, I think it's the best cast. Like, that's the one I'm probably the proudest of, followed by Chase's number two. Awesome. Um, and I also really like that you had Krista was just like, she's the kick-ass female lead. Um, right. I'm just curious about the process of choosing her because I felt like she was really like pulled the film together. Like, I don't think it would have been as good if it was someone else, to be honest. Um, be, yeah. Right. So what was the process? Because it looks like she did a lot of soap opera work. Was it like her audition or certain other works that made you choose her? We, I'm just curious how that went. We, I think I reached out to Krista directly. We were like, randomly, nice. like Facebook friends or something like that. And, um, and yeah, I mean, she loved the script. We talked about it, everything, but I get a lot of good feedback from, um, from people on her and also Dean, the Dean actor as well. Too, yeah. You know, though, but those two. And, um, no, I mean, Krista was just very like passionate about the role and everything. And it was, it was a 25 day shoot in total. Um, so that was technically my longest film shoot to date. Um, but no, it was a great process and it was actually a couple months before COVID happened. So, oh, wow. Yep. It was like, Time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was super late 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that and was interesting. You've also got like, I mean, like you said, the actor playing Dean, uh, and also the actor who plays his son, who's an Australian actor of all things. Yep. You really like? Did you kind of like want to make sure they all fit in together? Because even though their their relationships are like strained, they could still see them as a family unit. So did you think about absolutely? Well, yeah. I mean, Rahart was awesome. Like he's such a nice dude, and like we just really got along, and he killed the role too. Yeah, such a nice all great. And right. And no, I mean, the dynamic worked like, you know, just like with any film, there's stressful times, but it was it was a great experience. And I'm just very happy with how it turned out. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So your films, I have to ask, your films have a lot of, you know, gunfighting. And I'm just yeah. curious 
what this is okay i mean it's movie so but uh, what is like the procedure for i've been near like a fake gun but that's about it and i'm always kind of curious what the procedure is if there's training or like what's the safety measures i guess taking place absolutely well i'll tell you something kind of interesting um with my last feature film sweepers that's getting all cut together and everything the week that we had one of our biggest action scenes was actually the week that that Alec Baldwin thing happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So people were even a lot more on edge and, and everything. Sure. But first of all, I never use real weapons at all. I that's think that's still you use real weapons. Great. Use blanks. I don't use projectiles. I don't use anything like that. They're all airsoft guns or air guns. They, at most, would shoot compressed air. That's oh, it. So it has the blowback. But we make sure I get an armor. And we make sure everything is safe. The gun only goes to the person it's designated to. Right. When they're done with it, it gets put aside. And every gun is cleared, even before given to the actor. Down to the ground. Click, 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 click. See, nothing's coming out. Click, 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 click. There you go. And, you know, an opportunity for them to check it themselves. So, you know, I've, I've worked with many guns, fake guns, but handguns, machine guns, you name it. And no problems because we do it right. Exactly, that's good. No. Yeah. Um, no and problem. I think that makes sense doing the air thing. Like they should all do that. I think then they should all do that, and then you put in VFX at the end or yeah. in post. Yeah, definitely. Um. So tell me also about the choice to make um, a sex worker lead. You know, Jules a sex worker. I thought, you know, even mm-hmm. that was her profession. It really was just her job. It didn't define her. She was very fleshed out. Did you speak with anybody in the industry or like, is there a certain reason you decided to pick someone in that profession to be the lead? Because I feel like people who have some of these taboo professions mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. get a bad yeah. rap sure. and are judged on face value just by their profession and not who they are as a person. Mm-hmm. So I like exploring the underworld and different people, you know, different roles. So, um, I don't know. It just, it kind of fascinated me. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Oh, yeah. You know? But I think it really, and I even put it like as it's, it's a means. It's a means. It's not what defines them. They do it right. for. The money they do it to support themselves, who they care about, everything. Right. But um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it worked out well, you know. And 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 then you have the Michelle character who as well, right. you know. But yeah, I just I don't know. I found it interesting to make those characters that. Uh, no, I, I liked it. Um, and so just in general with your with your uh, your scripts, do you pretty much does everybody just stick to the script, or do you like let people improv? Like, how does that work? I'm, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of improv as well, to be honest with you, and like ad living and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, w- if it's within the realm of the, the kind of message and what I'm going course, for, yeah, yeah. I'm cool with it. But I'm, I'm an actor's director, so I'm all about just talking with the actors and just making sure, hey, like, I'm cool with you ad-libbing, but let's talk about it first. Yeah, what absolutely. You, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm I'm pretty flexible, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And one thing I'm also curious about, I'm not spoiling anything, but people yeah. do generally die in your film. Sometimes, some people do. I won't say who dies. A lot but do sometimes. A lot yeah. do, yeah. But I did, once I did a death scene in an independent film, and it's just, it's not as easy as you think. Like, so yeah, how no, do you get actors all. to do it right and, like, to make it look 
really authentic? Like, what's the process like? It's tough. I mean, it's tough. So, thankfully, the ones have had experience with also getting killed in, in certain films and stuff like that. But, you know, depending if they're falling or, or anything like right. that, we usually have a crash pad there, you know, okay. so they're, they're falling on something soft. And, and, and just if it looks fake or if it looks like that, it's funny. I, I'll say one thing. I cameoed as a person that just got killed and, um, and I basically, the DP had to stop it because he was like, Mike, you're smiling while you're going. <laughs> like, okay, like, there you go. Like, I literally, uh, you're I dying, you're smiling. Don't do that. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> grin funny. on my face, right? And, and even funny. something like that, I'm like, Wait, I wasn't even like I didn't even realize that I yeah, was. Yeah, some of that happens. Yeah, some of that happens. Yeah, so cr- credit to those who make it as naturalistic as possible yeah, because it's, it's not so- as easy as people may think. Yeah, it's like definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when this film was done, or or in the process too now of distributing it, what's the, what was the next step to get it distributed? Like, how did you get it out to like Amazon or wherever it was going? Like, what's that process like? So you usually shop it around to sales agents or distributors. Okay. And, you know, I found a good deal with one and I had worked with them before and kind of the rest was history. And, and, you know, we kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's finding the one that's the right fit that you feel is going to get the film out there. Um, the best. Absolutely. You know? cool. That's at least what I think. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. So you've done, I mean, I was looking at your IMDb, the amount of films you've done, it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's a Thank lot. You. Um, so Thank it looks you. like you just completed Love and Love Not as associate producer. I don't know if you can share with us anything about these films, like when it'll be so That, that yeah. actually is premiering on Saturday. Um, oh, nice. I helped okay. my friend Anthony on. It's a great film. And, um, and yeah, I mean, so that I, I try to help as well with, with awesome. certain things. And, um, yeah, no, so that, that was good. So I, I dabble, like, I like directing the most, though. That's what I like to do the most. But what is that film about? Can you say, or if you're not, you can't. Um, it's kind of like, a, it's, it feels a little bit like a kind of coming of age type film, okay. a little bit where the guy kind of goes back for a reunion to New York. A lot of it was shot in New York, by the way. Um, yeah, and, and just kind of like, it's a mix of some of those older, like Woody Allen films slash The Big Chill and all that. It's a little bit of like Annie Hall, Manhattan, and then like yeah, The Big Chill. But it's 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 good. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and where do you know where people will be able to view that? Oh, uh, it'll probably get released later in the year. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned earlier the Sleepers, uh, which is in post production. Yes. And can you tell us a little about a little more about that one because you kind of mentioned it a little. And um, what what entails post production for people who are not in the industry? So post production is basically the editing it, literally piecing it together, then adding the music, color design, sound design, um, all of that type of stuff. It's basically splicing everything together, um, you know. And yeah, it's it's going really well. We're almost picture locked, which wow. means that that we have like everything pieced together, but now we go into music, we go into everything like that. So it's going well. Um, it's a slow and steady process sometimes, but I'm happy with how it's going. Awesome. What is that one about? Can you say? That is about a family of assassins. Oh, okay. 
that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be interesting. That. It's a little but also taken from some Shakespearean elements, oh, a little okay. bit of Macbeth and Hamlet merged together in a more contemporary action setting. Um, but no, that was a fun one, too. And we shot that in October and November of last year. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So that was that was good. And uh, you're also, because you're doing a million things, as I said, you're currently filming Vengeance. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And I know you kind of told me about how long shoots go. This one is also yeah. a TV series, though. Like, is, what's different about filming a TV series, and is it going to be on a certain network, or you don't know? So Vengeance, Vengeance is that one that's like, it. we did a pilot of it, and it's a whole other animal, to be honest wow. with you. It really is. And, you know... I guess we're still like, I'm open to it, but it's not, it's actively kind of, it's like in limbo a little bit, to be honest with you. That's fair. So, um, I'm not, yeah, like, we'll see what happens with that. Gotcha. Okay. What's that one about so far? It's about, it's about like this kind of, it's like a superhero film a little oh, bit, a little that. bit like The Punisher. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool though. No, definitely. Um, and then you also have the Charisma Killers, which is in pre-production. If you want to tell us a little bit about what pre-production is. Yeah, so pre-production is basically getting getting everything sorted out. It's casting, it's crewing up, it's finding locations, it's getting all the props and production design stuff taken care of. So that's going to be my next feature, and that's in October. And we're almost cast up. I feel really good about everything. Um, and that could be my best film. You're gonna keep getting better. What's um? Could be. What's be. We will see. What's this one about? Oh man, it's uh, it's basically about a a group of seven, basically killers, oh, wow. and this old man who keeps them protected finds out he has cancer, mm -hmm. and then he tells all the seven to go out for one night of just this epic mayhem to exact revenge on somebody. And then they could have his fortune. Wow. Okay. That sounds like it's going to be very interesting. A mix of like some Guy Ritchie films from the 90s to Suicide Squad to Magnificent sure. Seven to yeah. all of this type of stuff. But it's it's going to be good. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think that does sound really great? Do you think that think um, you'll ever, ever do another kind of genre film or you always just like just like, do you think you'll ever do like romance or more straight genre? Nah. Like just that. That's fine. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm open to it. It just has to be the right story. Right. It has to be the right characters. Um, all of that. So I am open to it. It just depends. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I ask all of my guests this because I think it's really yeah. important for when people are struggling and people like me who like haven't made it yet. Um, is there a point where you thought you were just going to quit and like what kept you going? Absolutely. Um, I I don't want to name this film, but there was a film that I did about six, seven years ago that was the worst filming experience of my life. It was toxic. It was horrible. It was just awful, awful, awful. And I remember taking about a one-month sabbatical just to mentally detox. And then I went kind of back to the drawing board and, and you know, cultivated a new team and everything. But... Yeah, and there there's times where this business is slow. Yeah. Or when you have really close calls and it doesn't go your way. Mm -hmm. So it it really depends, but just 
if you love it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. It I know it can be tough, but stick with it. That's what I would say. Awesome. That's good advice. Uh, well, this has been an awesome conversation. So before I let thank you go, you. thank you so much for your time. Um, tell me, tell our listeners and our viewers uh, where they can, you know, follow what's next for, for Michael. Sure. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's just Michael Mateo Rossi. Um, you know, I'm, Try to be pretty friendly and easily reachable <laughs> those ways. He's very, very um, to talk to you again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and, and most of my films, uh, that are released are on like Amazon, iTunes, some are on Tubi, uh, Google Play, you know, the, these type of things. So, you know, just search them. Um, Shadows is my best. And then Chase. If you want to see Shadows or Chase, those I think are the ones I'm the most proud of. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, reach out say hello you know i'm i'm I, like i said i try to be pretty friendly <laughs> you do good yeah. well thanks. michael mateo rossi thank you so much for being on the show Have absolutely a good rest of your sunny day thank you likewise say it bye, bye. well that's it for another episode of johanna's rb i'm johanna your host of the show Thank you so much to Michael Mateo Rossi for being on the show. Make sure to check out his film Shadows. If you just go online and search his name, you can also find um, access to his past films as well. He's got quite a lot. Um, coming up, I've got some really exciting guests that uh, will reveal themselves soon enough. Um, and I wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to Aaron Thomakin, um, who unfortunately passed away fairly recently and was a member of the theater community here in New York City. She was quite a wonderful person. I got to meet her a few times, fishing for her. And although she had terminal cancer, I um, I was still pretty shocked to hear of her passing. And she was quite a bright light. So I just wanted to send love and light to her family. Um, and she worked for the Seaton Place. So I guess if you wanted to see more of her work, you could check them out. I'm not sure what's happening with them. But I did want to just dedicate this episode to her. Um, if you'd like more information on me, check out my website, johannagrisse.com. I'm on Instagram, Johanna R. Grisset. On Twitter is Johanna Grisset as well. And I'm also on TikTok now at official Johanna Grisset. Remember to keep masking, get a booster, a second one even if you can, and stay safe out there. Thank you so much for your time and for listening. Make sure if you're listening to the video or watching, excuse me, the video that you comment if you can, just to let me know if you're enjoying the video component or not. Um, and be sure to follow the, the audio version as well wherever you get podcast. podcasts. Podcasts. <laughs> Until next time.